Hello, Theologizers. This is the Theo Bros. Man, we are slowly but surely chugging our way through 2019. We're already in the month of May. My birthday month, Ben. Did you know that? I know. I know. Finally a man. I've had things finally drop. I won't mention what they are, but I am finally a man. It took a long time. I am Jesus's age in his final or second to last year of ministry, I believe. 32. Yeah, yeah. The tradition says he was 33, which is the... uh, There was a weird, I think, medieval tradition that that thought that uh, everyone in in heaven is going to be like 33. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that. Because that's like the ideal age. Perfection. So I'm on the verge of perfection, Ben. Physical and mental perfection. So just be prepared. All right. For the glory. I'll prepare mine eyes for the glory. I'm going to start growing my hair out and grow my beard out now. So I, I look exactly like Jesus next year. Heck yeah. I'll go to the Holy Land experience in Orlando and play <laughs> Christ. <laughs> P- push the uh, the guy who's already playing Jesus out of the way and replace him. Greetings. I am the Lord. Come, <laughs> sit on thine lap and I shall tell you a tale. Because as we all know that this is how Jesus talked. He went around uh, speaking like a King King James Bible reading uh, 14th century English prince. Hello, mine disciples. The sinners in thine city in Jerusalem make thine heart faint. <laughs> Peter, come, cradle thine Messiah. <laughs> That's weird. I know. Okay, that's that's getting a little, little, little disturbing, a little uh, lightning boltish. Yeah. So we should stop there. Um, how's it been going as of late, Benny boy? It's been pretty chill. I've, uh, yeah, I don't know. Been chilling. I just finished my uh, semester last semester of TAing for a while. So I have the, the next year just to work on my dissertation, which will be nice. Hopefully I'll be clarifying for my dissertation in the next month or so. Cool. What about you, Tuts? Nothing too crazy. I've been back and forth to DC a bunch of times lately for work. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Still enjoying my local church down here in Tampa. I heard it's like the 15th or 16th fastest growing church in the nation, which I would, which I would believe because it's, it's growing like wildfire, baby. But yeah, I mean, the weather is getting hot the last couple of days. The Florida summer is upon us. So I'm preparing to sweat constantly for the next three or four months. Well, up here in New York, I keep, desperately wanting it to actually be spring slash summer and syracuse just loves to psych us out we'll have like two or three days where it's like oh it's actually like you can actually see the sky again and (laughs) blah 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 but then all of a sudden it'll be like you know in the 40s or whatever which is still pretty warm for syracuse but it's like come on i want it to actually be summer yeah yeah Hopefully summer comes quickly for you guys up there. I'm going to be visiting next month, so hopefully the summer will be here by the time I visit. I'm sure it will. At least we have colors again. 
Yes, indeed. I love I love the colors. Uh, we don't get the spring colors in Florida, but my last trip up to DC, it was it was like a few weeks ago. So the spring, it definitely felt like spring. Like there was trees that had that were like blossoming into yeah. like purple and other colors. It was yeah. really beautiful. It's really it was, nice up here. That is something you don't get down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no like spring change or fall transition either. I mean, the temperature kind of changes, but you don't have that the the uh the physical change with the color yeah which i miss so anyway we or because i i guess i should say i because i i pretty much pitched the plan to ben brett's the cap brett's the captain of this ship i'm just swabbing the poop deck i am the captain i have a giant captain's hat on right now i know you can't see me but i do i wear it for every episode i look like captain crunch and, and i'm wearing a cracker jack outfit Exactly. I'm Captain Crunch and you're uh, your wee lad Cracker Jack. Um, yeah, we thought we'd, well, I thought, I guess, I told Ben he agreed that we should do another um, impromptu episode. Partly because I enjoyed the last one. I thought it was very organic. It's also easier on editing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a little less uh, intensive post-production. Um, but I, I like I like the natural conversation that happened last time. So I figured we'd do another one like that and then maybe get back into something a little bit more planned for our next episode. We've had a, uh, a little Theology of Little Mermaid episode shelved for a while, so we'll probably do that one next. Yeah, let the editing begin. But yeah, that will be a cool one. That would be a cool one. To, to, to actually... Uh, follow through with the with something we say as far as like yeah we're gonna do a q a episode oh yeah our disney series oh, starts yeah, that's not that's not our fault we i wanted to do a q a episode and no one was giving us feedback i mean I, I obviously i know that we have a vast audience you know so it's very unexpected that people wouldn't be getting back to us with with questions you know <laughs> no 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 <laughs> You didn't post anything, though, did you? No, I did. I posted a couple things, but... No, it's all good. Hey, as long as... all those reprobates are going to burn. The politically correct answer. No, this is really what I feel. Any... Even if a few people listen, that that means something to me. No, that's true. I'm just messing around. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. I know you're just messing around. I mean, it means something, but it doesn't mean everything. You know, if more people listen, then it would mean everything. So get on it, people. True that, true that. So anyway, um, yeah, we're just going to kind of fly off the cuff again and just, just have a little chat. Have a little fireside Theo Bros chat. Um been anything been on your mind lately um just uh a lot of orthodox theology i've been interested in and church history stuff i've been reading a lot of the apostolic fathers um the letters of ignatius and polycarp uh who were both who were both martyr martyred very intensely uh ignatius was um torn apart and eaten by lions and uh polycarp was burned alive well, they, well the account of his martyrdom is that they tried to burn him alive and he was protected from the flames by a miracle 
And so uh, the centurion had to come over and uh, stab him to death because he, <laughs> he wasn't being burned. The, so, so the story goes. Wow. That's intense. That's actually true. He, he was a pretty uh, BA guy with the Lord on his side. Oh, yeah. Reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and exactly. Abednego. Exactly. That's yeah. pretty crazy. These early, these early fathers were intense, man. I know it's like they 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 had a high call I and mean, we all have high callings on our life but I feel like they had an extremely high calling on their life based on their part in the the church's story as as far as being called to lay the the foundation and the groundwork for uh, Christ's body on earth for yep. the next however thousands and thousands of years the church age is going to last it was pretty brutal, um, but they they had to be pretty hardcore to really carry the faith forward in a big way in those initial years. Yeah, because they say the I forgot who originally said this, but the whole idea that uh, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Yeah, I get intimidated sometimes when I think about that because I obviously probably like everyone wonder like would I be able to to live that sort of extreme sold out life to kind of God's calling. Um, and one thing, and then I, I get convicted pretty hardcore because I don't think I could sometimes like, Oh my gosh, like I, I don't feel like I have that within me. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it brings me, I think in those moments it helps because it, it brings me back to, the idea of God's grace and God's strength um, for me, that no man lives that on his own strength or his own willpower, but it's God and, and, and this, the living spirit's kind of supernatural um, graciousness and strength infused into those men and women. And I, I, would like to believe that, you know, just as God is faithful in my own s small world, that if I were called to enter something more extreme, that even though I couldn't even fathom being able to um, persevere through that, that I somehow know I could, even though it seems impossible to me, yeah. that somehow God would be there to to supernaturally give me the grace to get through whatever that would be. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. it, would, it would be like a present thing. It wouldn't be something that I could ever psych myself out ahead of time yeah. to be able to do. It, it would be, it'd have to be in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's an encouraging thought to me because then I feel, I don't feel as much like a piece of crap. Like I, I really would be incapable of that, of, of rising to the, those sort of challenges. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what the saints would say. I'm sure you know, Ignatius and Polycarp and other martyrs would would say that it was only by the strengthening and grace of Christ and the Holy Spirit that they were yeah. able to to go to their deaths in the way that they did. Yeah, there, there's actually a cool modern kind of story that this reminds me of that kind of gives me that same encouragement of God bringing a supernatural peace and strength in, in an extremely difficult time. Um, 
I don't know, Ben. We neither of us were big wrestling fans, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no. We weren't, but that was actually really big in the '90s. I know it's still big, but when we were kids, that was kind of like maybe the golden age of yeah. wrestling. You know, you had Hulk Hogan, and we've been hanging and banging, brother. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea is a nice place to deposit somebody, brother. Sting yeah. and Goldberg, and like yeah. uh, when the Rock was, was still young, the Rock was still cooking. Um, like 360. What was that guy's name? Like Austin Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the 90s were the golden age of like every sp- sport or anything like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Or maybe just because we were kids in the 90s. Nope, I don't know. Nope, this is purely objective. Yeah. Anyway, so Ben, I don't know if you remember the wrestler. Um, um oh my goodness. I'm putting myself on the spot and I'm already forgetting his name. Ah, shoot. St. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) Most blessed. Dang it. What was his name? Why am I blanking all of a sudden? Um, Oh, yeah. Lex Luger. Have you heard of Lex Luger, Ben? Does that even ring a bell? It kind of rings a bell. Okay. It kind of ringed a bell to me, too. He was one of the big wrestlers in the 90s as well. Um, he was kind of like, he kind of had like a surfer boy look like he had like long, like blonde hair, but he was, he was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was actually jacked. Like even compared to the other wrestlers, his calling card was about. like you, his, his physical, like body was like one of the better ones, even in, in the wrestling world. So he was like big time. I'm um, in the nineties name was Lex Luger. Anyway, he has a great testimony actually. So he is now a born again, Christian, um, I don't know why I use the term "born again." I'm, I'm not, I normally don't use that, but yeah, he, you know, he, he, uh, he. I'm not going to get into the details of his testimony, right? But he now is um, not fully, fully paralyzed, but he is like partially paralyzed from the neck down. So he has to use like a cane. Like he can walk and he can drive and stuff. Mm-hmm. He has to use like a cane to kind of get around. Obviously, he's. This lost. actually is ringing a bell. I might have watched yeah. a video interviewing him a long time ago. Yeah, he's actually lost a lot of weight and stuff. Mm. But it's such a picture of a guy who w- was on top according to what like society and culture would say makes you on top. You had all the money in the world, the fame, the looks, the money. Or I already said money. You know what I mean? Like he was just all the materialism you could yeah. ever imagine. He had everything. And um through this event that happened later on in life, actually after he became a Christian that made him kind of partially paralyzed, like he's become in this more physical weak state. But if you hear him get interviewed, like I have been like very blessed by this guy. Um, And sometimes I get caught up in materialism like everybody does, you know, like I kind of want that, even though like I'm trying to grow in my faith that that kind of voice is always calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's such an encouragement when I hear his testimony and, and kind of see his spirit now after kind of losing a lot of that. Again, I won't get into all the details of his testimony, but he like this guy's the real deal. When you see him get interviewed now, like post him converting to uh, and giving his life to Christ, like he is such a gracious guy. I mean, it, he just exudes the fruit of the spirit. It's actually a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. very encouraging to watch, but. Um, He's told a story about the the moment he became partially paralyzed. Again, this was after he became a Christian. 
Mm-hmm. So he said he was on an airplane and he felt like a little like weird kind of tightness in his neck, like a strong, like momentary kind of pain in the back of his neck. And he's still, he's still pretty buff at this point. You know, still working out. It's kind of post his wrestling career. He's mm-hmm. a Christian now, but he, uh, he feels something on a plane. He doesn't know what it is. And it kind of passes the pain passes. And then later on that night in his hotel room, he said he was like flying somewhere to like San Francisco to do a talk or something. And he says, after that day, he was flying and he felt the pain. Later on that night in the hotel room, he woke up like without all of a sudden in the middle of the night without being able to feel anything from his neck down. Oh, my Lord. Like he was like completely, he couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And he said, and, and Vin, I don't know about you, I, I, the fear for me comes at, at night. Oh, yeah. You know, especially in bed, if you can't sleep, there's something yeah. about that where I feel like, satan and stuff like it it's like his breeding ground to just like speak kind of fear into you and anxiety so and i i've had sleep paralysis as well yeah so yeah even just the momentary or you know it only lasted maybe 10 minutes but it just yeah that feeling and then waking up in the middle of the night and like being paralyzed like like a quiet dark hotel room by yourself that's horrible so he said he started he he started kind of panic and he said he tried he could actually kind of roll he tried to kind of roll over to um i don't know get his phone or try to hit his phone with his head or something he said that he slipped and fell off the bed and so he he's now on the floor not being able to move um and he said like this panic started to to overtake him like this kind of freaking out and then i mean he didn't even like necessarily pray a specific prayer but he said that all of a sudden, like this absolute supernatural um, presence of, it came upon him that he, he could only identify as Christ. And he said like it overswept his whole being, like this, this, this level of peace that he said he's never experienced in his entire life. He said that he was, he was in the middle of this like dark situation he i mean you think you're paralyzed you think you might die you don't know and he said that he this this level of peace that came over him was indescribable he said he had never felt anything like that in his life and that he 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 turned completely calm in that hotel room not being able to call like find anybody for help not being able to contact anybody couldn't feel his body he said like it was on it was unbelievable that christ like intimately met him in that moment of panic and fear and anyway it's such a cool story you know someone eventually found him and and he's kind of been supernaturally recovered like they they thought he'd be completely paralyzed like like in a wheelchair not be able to like people feed him would have to feed him would have to like you know help him get change and everything like 24 7 care and now he's fairly independent again he has a cane and he still he he's still very much limited but he, mm-hmm. he's independent now he, he says that's by the grace of god he got to that point anyway that the, the stories of these martyrs that were called upon to kind of have this extreme faith in the face of br- brutal torture and death like th- that kind of reminded me of this story with lex luger as well that because i know how i feel even in a nor i've had like a panic attack at night and there it's very dark like that's not cool at all and to think of like the position that Lex Luger was in at night in his hotel room, not being able to feel his body, par- paralysis, 
and 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 seeing how God supernaturally intervened there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were to think, oh, that's going to happen to me, you would think it would be like the worst situation ever. You wouldn't know. You'd think you'd like panic or or like you would just fall into the darkness of the fear of that moment. But Christ met him. You know what I mean? Supernaturally. Yeah. It's just a comforting thought anytime like I think of like, you know, I start future tripping or think, or, you know, I start thinking I couldn't handle what the the great saints of the church could handle or what if you know, X, Y, or Z bad thing happens to me in the future. How would I get through that? And it's good to know that God, not good to know. It's the most comforting thing in the world to know that God will, can, will be there for you in those moments. Even if you don't think you could ever face those sort of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. True that. That's something, you know, I got to remember to pray about more often, you know, is, but even like before you get into the situations, like ask that if and when you do that, you will be strengthened and, and you'll, you'll remember to turn to God, you know, for comfort in those situations. And yeah, I often pray about that in terms of however I end up dying. You know, I, I ask that <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll be in a, a good state spiritually and, and, I'll be able to just like rely on God and have, and have peace in those moments, you know? Definitely. Me too. Me too. Cause that's like the ultimate enemy that we yeah. all face. And it's the ultimate test of reliance, you know? Yeah. Of, of like letting go of our own will. <laughs> yeah. And our own clinging to this life. It's like in those moments you, you have to, and yeah, you're either able to do that in those dying moments or you're not, you know, you just got to pray for the grace to do that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, again, the world's full of uncertainty. Our lives are full of uncertainty. You know, we don't know how everything's going to play out within our lives, but also like you said, the moment of, of death that will meet all of us eventually. Um, it's almost like there's no way around faith in, in something outside of yourself. And in this case, obviously with our, our faith in Christ and in God that, you know, faith in him, like you can't, it's like, you can't rely on your own efforts forever. You know, you, yeah. you might have seasons where you think you can for a while, but that, that doesn't last. And we don't say all this to be like, depressing or anything we say it to be hopeful yeah that god is our rock in the in the realest way no matter what circumstance might come at us in our eventual passing we'll have yeah. to relinquish all control that and god also, is faithful yeah it also makes me think that it, it's so difficult to do like and i think we were talking about some similar stuff on the phone recently brett about how it's like we need to, as Christians, we need to practice dying daily. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so I often think about um, in relation to actually physically dying eventually, just how that uh, part of how we prepare for that is by learning how to die to ourselves and, and submit to the will of God beforehand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's something that I'm not, I'm not always good at. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I'm, I don't do that. The vast majority of the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause you just forget that's to hard. do it. You know, you, it's so easy to rely on the, the goodness, right. Of this life, the goods that we have in this life, you know, and that God gives us, right. Yeah. Like friends and family and, and love and music and nature and, all these things are gifts, you know, and, and graces yeah. of God. Um, but, but also, at least for me, because of that, it's easy to overly rely on those things and to not focus as much on dying to yourself and trying to live moment by moment with a kind of total reliance on God, no matter what happens, yes. you know, um, for it to be right, like Paul said, right, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah, you know? and, and I'm to not remind- just have to rely on our spiritual routines to like make us feel good. Yes, right? I think we were kind of alluding to it last episode that God, when I don't do that, which like you is the vast majority of the time. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like God, like, like we were talking about before, has to kind of drag you back to a moment of vulnerability yeah where you kind of have to check yourself yeah um and in that sense like vulnerability and, and and a healthy amount of humiliation in this life is actually a grace pro it's probably a grace yeah <laughs> as much as i hate it because i'm always trying to control my life to avoid any any humiliation, any exposure, any um, vulnerability, but it's always in those moments, which I try to avoid, but inevitably come that I feel like God meets me in the most powerful way and reminds me in the most powerful way of my need for him yeah, and how all of this is, is, is grace. Um, but I don't go there. Like you're saying the willing kind of, dying to yourself i don't go there very easily at all on my own yeah yeah it's definitely i agree with you it can be even though it sucks it's definitely a a grace to have to go through moments where you're forced to be in a position of weakness you know yeah i've had um a situation like that with me over the last year was I had a I had a a couple um, kind of traumatizing plane flights, <laughs> yeah. And it, like in those moments where, and I already deal with panic issues and stuff. In those moments, you know, when you're three thousand feet off the ground and you're like, I have no idea what's about to happen with this plane. <laughs> yeah. Like you're you're just like, dear God, like you're never that's all you have in that moment. And then like when I got, Mm -hmm. when I got back on the ground, I was like, wait, but that's like always the case. It's just being in that situation in in that plane just made it particularly obvious. Yeah. That I am constant. I'm constantly on the precipice of non-existence and terror. Right. And it's only, and it's only by God's grace that I'm, ever in like a moment of comfort that I can breathe that like I'm not dead. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, that's so true, man. Because I'm not a big fan of flying either. And I always, I always, you know, I, I can get through flights, but there's always this undercurrent of, oh my goodness, like I am giving up all control here. Yeah. I was coming in on my last trip to DC, coming back into Tampa, and they had been having some bad weather that day, and there was high winds. Yeah. <laughs> our pl- our plane, I've never seen like a wing kind of do that, you know, go up and down as much as I did yep. as we came in for landing. I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot. You had pretty intense turbulence. Yeah. And then the, the moment I'm on the ground, it's like, It'll night and day. I'm oh like, man, oh, dude, I, I that's literally all I cared about. Like that, the main flight. I was flying back into Syracuse, which always yeah. has horrible weather, and we were having really bad lake effect winds uh-huh. this day. And I think, and it was like twenty five minutes of pure terror. Like our plane was almost ninety degree angle at one point, trying for to compensate real? for the winds. Oh, it's um, all about those winds, man. Because yeah. there was winds that was the issue with mine too. Yeah, and but but when I got on the ground, I was like. Okay, like everything in my life is good. I was like, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna kiss, I'm gonna kiss the ground. Yes, yeah. isn't it funny how it works? I, I tell you this when, when I'm in the middle of a flight, and it doesn't like any flight I'm on because I'm always in this kind of undercurrent mode. All of my problems, like big and small, like in my life at that point, all of a sudden take a backseat. Yeah, like like they they don't they don't be they're not big when I'm on a plane. <laughs> yeah i'm just concentrating on the moment like like let's get through the flight and let's get on the ground and yeah. that's all i care about it's yeah. funny how it kind of almost puts things into perspective a little bit yeah because all of a sudden i'm like oh i'll just i can deal with all that other stuff i'm going through yeah. easy just just guys just, just want to be in the freaking sky yeah. like no human being should ever exactly i just want to get kind of back in my life we got time to figure all the yeah. other issues out we got time I, I want to say yeah. though, this is in my case, this is coming from someone who's always loved flying. Yeah. It was it was this flight that that ruined it for me. Threw you off. <laughs> yeah. Now you're slowly crawling your way back into it being like kind of doable again. I'm flying. hoping so. I'm hoping I'm so. I'm sure I'm sure you are. Everyone keep bending your prayers. Yes, thanks. I'm gonna have to fly to a, a week long conference. I'm going to have to do later in the summer. So hopefully the more you do it, the better though. Yeah. I've noticed like the more you do it, the more you kind of see it as, as more of a routine thing. Yeah. Um, and you just have to get, if you live up up here in the Northeast, yeah. you're going to, it's like, Oh, with you, the winter. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get used to bad turbulence. It sucks. Oh, what's up, danger? Like, I think that's the thing that because we always grew up primarily out west and in the south and it's just not the same like it, for the yeah. most part it's not the same as flying in, in the northeast in the winter yeah 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 so yeah it's kind of a, 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 a very visceral kind of physical gut reaction we have when we the fear kicks in and while we're flying it, it's almost like that total relinquishing of control is shown and exposed of kind of what our actual life is. We just don't, we kind of live in the delusion that it's not. Um, But it also goes to show you that all the good things in our life that kind of cushion us, like you were saying, Ben, like our relationships, like 
just all of the good things that we have are all uh, gifts from God. They're all heavenly lights, yeah. gifts kind of showered on us. Um, yep. And remember, we got to remember to keep a thankful heart and thank God for all of those and not take any of it for granted. Yeah. Um, true. So yeah, anything else, anything else going on in your world, Ben? Oh man, not really. I'm just lo- really looking forward to the summer and being able to chill yeah. and go hiking more, actually get outside again. And, um, for sure. Yeah. Hey Ben, what do you think of this idea? Um, I don't like it next. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on. No. Um, I think this is something a lot of people can relate to. And I, I struggle with this and that is the desire to be liked and approved by other people. Yeah. Um, especially in the age of social media where a lot of that can be manifested online and somewhat controlled online by trying to get a certain amount of likes on a picture or a certain amount of friends Mm -hmm. or it's kind of a manipulation of the online world to try to make yourself feel okay with people. Yeah. It's kind of been heightened in that world, but I struggle with having that rootedness in God instead of others opinions. I don't think it's bad to want to be liked. You know what I mean? I think it's part of our nature as relational beings, Mm -hmm. but I just wish I wasn't thrown off as much when I have the perception of maybe someone not, not disliking me, but just like not valuing me or something, you know what I mean? Or not like a showing a, a certain level of appreciation or, and, and again, a lot of this is all speculation. I feel like th- my default mode is I give zero benefit of the doubt when it comes <laughs> to what I think other people think of me. Worst case scenario, every yeah. single time, like, Oh, well, they're doing people. this. Yeah. And I yeah. think that is most people. That's well, why we, we always up. think everyone else should always be giving us the most charitable possible reading of what we say and what we do. But it's very difficult to do that for other people. <laughs> yeah, so for I definitely sure. relate to that. You know, I just know it's something we all struggle, especially um, in the age of social media. Um, it's just it's just kind of turned up the volume on that need, like to eleven. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are a lot of problems with social media, obviously. Um, I think, yeah, I, I I definitely have tried in the last couple years, a year and a half to manage that a lot better. So like, I, this is just for me personally. So like I, I got rid of Instagram, I got rid of Snapchat and on, on Facebook, I made it so that on my homepage, I don't, um, I don't follow anyone. Mm-hmm. So th- the only things that shows up on my homepage are like, um, like fan pages or memes <laughs> that I follow really? and that's it. So, uh-huh. because it, because that helps me, especially because I'm 
I'm, I'm kind of an intellectual bulldog. And so like I too easily get sucked into pointless debates and conversations on Facebook. So that's helped me because like I don't I don't see anyone's stuff unless I go out of my way to. Yeah, that's a pretty good call. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are benefits to social media and Facebook and stuff, but um, I just know I think I just think everyone falls into the trap of wanting that approval through social yeah. media like no one is immune to that nobody <laughs> yeah yep it doesn't matter how smart you are or like how old you are or anything everyone falls to the same trap yeah and it goes back to that i think just truth that we we are built hardwired for relationship yep. it's a universal and, and and the need to be loved you know yeah. it's just kind of that universal human dna that god has implanted in us it's yeah. just the way it is for everybody um yeah so just it was just interesting to me and because that, we live, yeah. live in a broken world we always rightly or wrongly feel like while most people aren't going to love me and appreciate me like just because i'm me yeah so, so i have to show how exceptionally intelligent i am right or good looking or interesting yes. jot or whatever yes it's all you have to you have to manipulate an exterior that you think others will like and yeah. again i'm guilty of this too yeah me too um but it, it's ironic because obviously as as um scary as it is I, you know, and, and not, it, it doesn't have, it, it, only a few people should have this sort of access, but, um, I, I think the, the type of relationship that reveals God's love and the, the relationship that God is in the Trinity and kind of the intimacy that we're built for is to invite someone in to it all you know yeah um the good the bad and the ugly and that is terrifying i think for, for most people because yeah. talk about vulnerability in in a relationship context that's extreme vulnerability which we're all trying to avoid but i think that's where the healing healing can actually come come into play in in, in a true sense of being loved unconditionally yeah to invite someone to that space and to have them still love you regardless you know yeah that is like the ultimate um i th kind of relationship that i think we're made for we obviously get that with god but i think it's important you know god uses other people in our life too yeah and i think it's important to bring maybe one or two people who are worthy of that into that space you know yeah so we're all meant to be little christ yeah to each other, the, so. the exact opposite of what kind of facebook is and social media which is a total non-vulnerable hyper manipulated um yeah. invitation to people into your life you know yep so again not all bad but just mostly
Just mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Ben, give me one... Give me one instance in your life in the past month where you felt God's presence the most powerfully. Hmm. That's a good question. It's hard to think about. Yeah. Oh, I can talk while you're thinking. Yeah, go ahead. For me, um, these like these trips have been to like my work trips up to DC, Maryland have been mm -hmm. very good for me. And I've realized how important they are. Cause I've been going up to that area for years. Yeah. You know, and I've always had very kind of special experiences there for myself. There's something about traveling alone, kind of being in my own thoughts. Um, and going and doing things in my downtime when I'm outside of the work portion, I feel like God meets me in very intimate ways that doesn't happen normally in my day-to-day -day life, you know, down in Tampa. Um, and I, I, I was like, why do I, why does DC always provide this in that whole area? And I realized it's everything that really speaks to me. Like it's full of like museums, which I love full of like art. Yeah. And, and history, history always speaks to me, like the story of other people's lives and kind of being inspired by those who've come before us and just how God's worked in history and other people. Um, and there's also a lot of beauty up in that area too, especially in the springtime. So for me, like I just really felt God's presence, especially my last trip um, because the weather was so nice and it was just full of like experiencing art in the different art galleries in DC. And I went for like a run in downtown Frederick, Maryland, which is a beaut there's this beautiful park and like all the colors were changing into spring colors and they have like a big bell tower that like chimes every hour. And there were just other people out there, little bridges and streams and creeks and lakes. And, and there was, there was God met me in that, that park when I took a run at the same place, like, a few years back when I was kind of in a, a, a hard time mm -hmm. and it was cool. Cause I feel like he met me again this time, you know, it's kind of, kind of like a, a physical location that is kind of uniquely special to me where like when I'm there again, it, it's like you have all, you have your life going, going, going. And then you like kind of come back every once in a while to yep. like this place. And it's like, it's like a, a re, vitalization of my soul with yeah. god i have yeah i have um, places like that yeah for sure so that trip was just really good for me good yeah that's good but that's what the, are you been able that's that christian spirit of abraham lincoln yes indeed what about i saw the original uh, emancipation proclamation Heck yeah. with abe lincoln's signature right there it was pretty cool it's awesome yeah um i don't know yeah like, i haven't had any i guess experiences in the last month that haven't been that extraordinary stood out that much um yeah just been doing doing the usual stuff trying to pray consistently um going to church um yeah 
I've had a kind of spiritually unextraordinary month, I guess. <laughs> hey, give yourself some credit, Ben. You know it's not all about fireworks and like big, you know, God is. Yeah. is no, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I, yeah. I still think I'm spiritually growing and progressing. And in many ways, that's the, that's the more important thing overall. For sure. Life, but for yeah. sure. Cool. All right. So if uh, I guess if there's not anything else, we could we go ahead and wrap it up, you know, a nice little, you know, shorter episode. I don't know how long we've been going, but it, it seems like good content. But, you know, we don't need to, to go crazy amounts of time. You know, we just wanted to kind of get our thoughts out there at the moment and kind of do another spontaneous uh, discussion. Um, and then I think like we talked about earlier, next week will be more of the kind of back to the more planned out episode with, I guess we do, we will do the little mermaid. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, so we'll go ahead and, and, and discuss that film and, yeah. uh, see what, uh, what spiritual truths stick out to us, yeah. which is the best place to find them is in story. Because our lives all, all of our lives are a story. Yes. Story is very powerful um, because everything is a story. Yes. Re reality ha already has a narrative structure. That's why yep. we find our little mini stories or sub creations, as Tolkien said, so intuitively powerful. And yeah, they speak to us. So, whoever's listening, don't think of your life or buy into the lie that it's just a random kind of chaotic series of events. You, you live within your own story, even though you don't know what the story is. Sometimes God is writing your narrative and he has a very happy ending in store for you. Um, and like, like many, many stories out there, it's a story of redemption, which is a beautiful thing. We are being redeemed. God is making a masterpiece out of the broken parts of our lives. Yes. So. All right. And Brother Brett. <laughs> all right, Theologizers. We uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in on this uh, lucky number episode 13 uh, on the books. Um, and we will hopefully be coming to you sooner rather than later with that next uh, Disney episode for you. Um, we hope everyone is, is doing well and having a good start to the, the summertime. And we will catch you on the flip side, Theologizers. We'll talk to you soon. Deuces, y'all. This is the Theo Bros Podcast. <laughs>